This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm King Kaufman, the producer of Fifth and Mission, sitting in for Cecilia Lay and Damian Bulwa. Today on the show, Joe Garofoli talking to Adam Schiff. Schiff was voted most likely to succeed by the class of 1978 at Monte Vista High School in Danville, and they must have been right. He's a longtime Democratic congressman from Southern California. He made the case against Donald Trump in the first impeachment trial, and now he's the author of Midnight in Washington, How We Almost Lost Our Democracy and Still Could. It was released last week, and it's already on bestseller lists. It's an account of the Trump presidency and the impeachment battle, from the point of view of one of Trump's leading adversaries. Garofoli talked to Schiff on the It's All Political podcast, and we're going to play an edited version of that for you. They talk about not just the impeachment process and the precarious state of our democracy, but about the current investigation into the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Along the way, you'll hear some inside stories about people like Nancy Pelosi and Robert Mueller. You'll also hear a rarity for this podcast, an F-bomb all in the service of political reporting, but consider yourself warned. If you want to go even deeper with the congressman, you can check out a longer version of this interview on It's All Political, wherever you get Fifth and Mission. Here's Joe Garofoli with Representative Adam Schiff. I want to start with the commission uh, investigating uh, the January 6th riot at the Capitol in Washington. As you know, there's there's widespread support. 78% of Americans, according to Pew, want those responsible to be prosecuted. Uh, but one of the problems that you're running into is the compelling key witnesses to testify. Uh, as we're recording this on, on, a, on a Wednesday and Thursday, the House is going to vote about whether to pursue uh, contempt charges against uh, Steve Bannon. I know the Attorney General has expressed how serious he is about uh, investigating those responsible for this insurrection. But contempt of Congress, thats that doesn't happen often. It hasn't happened since the Reagan administration, I think. What will be the impact if Bannon does not come before the committee? Well, look, I, I think this is an early test of whether our democracy is recovering uh, and whether the rule of law applies to everyone equally. If it does, Steve Bannon will be prosecuted. Uh, and if he continues to refuse, he'll go to jail. Uh, I know if you or I just ignored a congressional subpoena or a subpoena to show up in court, that they would send a, 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 is someone out with an arrest warrant. Uh, so to me, it's an early test of our, our democracy and its recovery. Um, he's an important witness. On January 5th, he was predicting that all hell was going to break loose. On January 6th, he was telling people that bemoan the fact that they weren't present for the American Revolution, that here was another opportunity. So he clearly has relevant testimony. Uh, he was not uh, working in the White House. He hadn't worked in the White House for years. Uh, he has no colorable claim of privilege. And even if he did, you don't just get to say, I ain't showing up. You'd have to show up. You'd have to assert privilege as to specific questions or specific documents. So it's a very powerful, pretty clear-cut case for the Justice Department, which by law has a duty to present it to the grand jury. And I, I think there's good reason to be optimistic that they will, uh, because the Justice Department, 
uh, has allowed us and other committees to interview top former Justice Department people without exerting, asserting privilege. Uh, similarly, they're not standing in the way of getting records uh, from the National Archives that belonged uh, to the Trump administration. Uh, so, uh, and, and of course, you have the president's statements himself that he thought those that were ignoring the law should be prosecuted. Uh, so uh, we're going to find out soon enough, but uh, I understand why people would feel like, uh, geez, for four years they just thumbed their nose uh, at Congress and at their lawful duty to testify and be truthful. What's changed? Well, everything has changed. New Justice Department, new Attorney General, devoted to the rule of law, unlike Bill Barr, who was devoted only to the personal and often criminal defense of Donald Trump. Speaking of the president, uh, former president, do you support subpoenaing Trump? And if so, you know he's going to, uh, what he, you know firsthand what he's, uh, what he does to try and jam the process. Would it be worth the wait? Well, you know, we're, we're not there yet in terms of making that decision. But one thing I can tell you is that uh, all of us on the committee, Democrats and Republicans, are determined to follow the evidence where it leads, go to any witness with relevant evidence, uh, and not take no for an answer. So we may get to that point uh, of wanting the former president or vice president to come testify. We're not there yet. I think we have a lot of work to do before we cross that bridge. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if it's true that no one's above the law, um, then everyone has the same obligation. Uh, they just, uh, you know, forced Donald Trump to testify in a civil case. Uh, this is a case involving a violent attack on the Capitol. Uh, we should have at least as much leverage to compel the testimony of someone uh, in a case this serious uh, as in the one that uh, he testified in just recently. That, that same Pew poll I, I referred to found that only 45% of the respondents expected the results to be, quote, fair and reasonable. Uh, once the committee does finish in, its investigation, no matter no matter what y'all find, uh, how do you sell this, the, the results to a public that's already so polarized and, and, and according to this, is a little more than skeptical? Um, how do you how do you do that? In this environment, you know, uh, the, the answer is uh, to the best of our ability. Uh, that's all we can do. Uh, but your your question underscores, I think, the, the broader challenge facing our country and our society, and that is how people get their information. Um, Donald Trump uh, has the advantage of Fox primetime, uh, Newsmax, OAN to amplify his rampant falsehoods. Uh, it gives his supporters an alternate world they can live in. Uh, where the big lie is a big truth. Um, that's difficult to compete with. There is no equivalent apparatus uh, on the left. Uh, I'm convinced that if Richard Nixon had had Fox News, he would have never been forced to leave office. Uh, but, you know, nonetheless, we press on. There are still Americans who are interested in the actual facts and in the truth. Uh, those are the people we're trying to reach, uh, not those that have made up their mind uh, and refuse to see anything uh, else. Yeah, and it, this is something you write about a lot in the book. The 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 problem goes deeper than Trump. If Trump were to uh, disappear tomorrow, he has so many acolytes who are repeating and have been repeating the big lie that this that this doesn't uh, go away. Uh, you've you've said I've heard you say uh, recently and, and for the last several weeks that you expect Trump to run again in 2024. But regardless of what he does, what will it take to repair the damage to democracy that we've seen? over the last few years? Um, you, know, you know, I think you're right uh, that, uh, and I do talk about this in the book, how this, this challenge won't end with Donald Trump. 
but he is a supremely talented grifter. Uh, and I do think it will be difficult for people to try to follow in his footsteps. Uh, you have to be a supremely gifted grifter to get away with a scenario like this. The man runs for president on a platform of building a wall that he says Mexico is going to pay for. Of course, Mexico doesn't pay for a wall. A wall doesn't get built. Some of his closest friends and cronies, like Steve Bannon, start a private fundraising effort to raise money from people to build the wall, and then they steal it. And what does Donald Trump do? He pardons them for stealing from his own supporters. Um, the, the idea that, that uh, someone guilty of that kind of grift uh, could be a party leader, could be taken seriously, uh, is astonishing. Um, and, uh, and yet that's where we are. Uh, now in terms of how do we protect our democracy uh, uh, going forward, uh, look, we have to reinforce the guardrails that he's broken down. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support this show and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Trump is not going to be on the ticket in 2022. And, and I ask you this as one of the Democratic Party's uh, top fundraisers at this point. It's uh, you, Pelosi, AOC. You, you uh, go around the, the country, your major fundraiser. What advice would you give to your fellow Democrats who are running in 2022 when it comes to talking about Trump on the stump? Because Democrats have to be more about, we're not Trump. Trump stinks. Whatever. Trump did X. What, what do you tell them to do in that, when it comes to Trump? I really think that the economic message uh, is vitally important, and it's inseparable from the democratic message, the democracy agenda. Um, and, and so what I tell people in vulnerable districts who are, or are running as candidates for the first time uh, is you need to tell your constituents or your hope-for constituents what you're going to do to improve the quality of their life. Um, this is why I think the Build Back Better bill is so important, why the American Rescue Plan was so important, and even the infrastructure bill is so important. One of the reasons our democracy is threatened is because people don't believe it delivers anymore. Uh, the reason Donald Trump, I think, struck a chord is that he talked to people um, for whom the economy wasn't working. Uh, and those people we need to talk to. Now, the, the appeal Donald Trump made on the basis of bigotry, um, the people he won over on the basis of his bigotry, uh, we're not going to win them over and we shouldn't try. But the greater number who he persuaded that he would do something to help their their lot, their condition. He's done nothing for them. He will do nothing for them. He doesn't care a whit about them. It's only about Donald Trump. But we need to impress upon people that we do care about them and we have we have a way to improve the quality of their life. Speaking of that existential uh, problem facing the planet, uh, the, the latest reports we're hearing is a lot of the the major climate change portions of the infrastructure bill uh, are, are going uh, are, are not going to make it. 
uh, thanks in part to uh, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin. If that happens, you know, you, you're out there a lot. You, you work, you represent a progressive district. Uh, a lot of progressive Democrats who worked hard for Biden, who, who was not their preferred candidate, as you know, are, are going to be pissed. And uh, what do you tell those people uh, if, if, these, if these measures, these climate measures and some of the other progressive uh, pillars of the legislation don't make it? Uh, what do you tell them is going into the midterms? How to, they might just want to slack off or not work as hard if, 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 if that stuff that they were promised is not there. Look, uh, we're going to, I think, do a lot uh, in terms of attacking the climate change problem, the crisis of climate change uh, in that Build Back Better bill. Now, it may not include everything that I want. I'm certain it will not include everything I want. But I also don't view it as the end of the story. Uh, I view it as the first act uh, in terms of our getting uh, meaningful legislation passed uh, attacking the problem of climate. Um, and and the, the reality is uh, we have an equally divided Senate uh, that we only have the majority uh, because we have the, pre- the vote of the vice president to break a tie. Uh, and in that context, we're not going to get everything we want. Uh, we're only going to get as much as the, the, the Democrat who is at least committed uh, to uh, aggressive action on climate. So people can, can respond to that in a couple ways. Um, but I think only one makes sense, and that is to expand the number of Democrats in the Senate so that we are not so reliant on every single vote. Uh, if we can pick up another one or two seats in the Senate, we can do away with the filibuster uh, that will allow us to do all kinds of things we can't at the moment. Uh, so, look, it was a lot of people's hard work in Georgia to pick up those two uh, seats in that special election. Uh, That has given us a chance to do some great things for the country, important things, but not everything. Uh, We need to pick pick up a couple more to take the country uh, forward even more. And this is, you know, this is the way our democracy works. It doesn't work uh, in huge leaps and bounds. Often it works one step at a time. But let's not not confuse ourselves. The steps that we're going to take are pretty darn big steps on climate, on Medicare, on early childhood education, on paid family and medical leave, on so many things important to the American people. I want to talk a little bit about the book because there's so many great insider stories there for uh, the, the political nerds who are listening. Of course, this is the It's All Political podcast. That is our core, our core demo. Um, uh, one, of the, one, of the, uh, the, the, one of the ones I en- enjoyed reading, although it was troubling, was about uh, when Robert Mueller uh, testified before the Intel Committee. Uh, about his, uh, you know, investigation to the Russian interference in the 2016 election. That seems so long ago now. Uh, uh, many Democrats thought, you know, coming up to that hearing, oh, this is going to be the be-all, end-all. This is the beginning of the end of Trump. Uh, Mueller hesitated about testifying. And when he was finally uh, testified, it turned out not to be what anybody expected, in- including you. Walk us through what you saw there and how you reacted quickly behind the scenes. Well, this was a really difficult chapter for me to write because I have great respect and admiration for Bob Mueller. I think he's an incredible public servant. But I also want to record, you know, what we were seeing and what happened and, and, and as best I could, why. Uh, and I wanted to bring people into that bunker three floors below the Capitol that they'd heard so much about, uh, but only seen from the outside. Uh, and so I, I take people uh, in, in, the, in the book into that room uh, that freezing room, it's like a meat locker in there. I had asked the members of the Intelligence Committee to gather with me 
to watch Bob Mueller's testimony before the Judiciary Committee because the Judiciary Committee was going first. Immediately thereafter, he was coming before our committee. Uh, and I wanted to make sure that, that we took note of what he said to the other committee, that we uh, had the opportunity to make any changes or adapt depending on the testimony before the Judiciary Committee. And within the first few minutes, uh, I was really shocked at, at what I saw. Um, at the, you know, the, the, the even simple questions he was asked by the Judiciary Committee that he struggled with. Uh, and I realized immediately why his staff had been pro so protective of him, why they didn't want him to testify at all. And I had, I had written a personal note to him to urge him to testify uh, against that reluctance. I, I, I told him that he had one more important public duty to perform, and that was to tell the story to the American people. Uh, it was my hope that, that in so doing, he could bring that report, that lo long uh, tomb, the tome, to, to life. Um, and uh, I didn't have the expectation, frankly, that it was going to cause a stampede towards impeachment. But I did think he could give a full picture of the president's misconduct, even if he was unwilling to characterize it as a crime. Um, but, but the circumstances proved to be very different. Uh, and, and I wanted people to feel what that was like and see what that was like and understand the consequence. And, and, and among the most important parts of that chapter is the end of the chapter and the beginning of the next one, because it was the day after Bob Mueller testified, the day after Donald Trump believed that he had finally escaped the jailer uh, and was not going to be held accountable for all of his Russia misconduct. Uh, his invitation of a hostile foreign power to involve itself in our election, his efforts to collude with that foreign adversary, his campaign chairman giving internal polling data directly to Russian intelligence while Russian intelligence was running a social media campaign to help elect Donald Trump. Um, it was immediately the next day after that testimony of Bob Mueller that Donald Trump was on the phone once again, this time to the leader of another country, Ukraine, trying to get another country to help him cheat in an election, going so far as to withhold military aid from that ally that was at war with our enemy, the Russians, uh, in order to coerce them to help him cheat in the election. Um, and you can draw a straight line between that lack of accountability in the Russian misconduct to the, the newer and even worse misconduct with Ukraine. And you can draw a straight line between the Senate acquittal, even after we had proven him guilty, uh, the acquittal, the, the refusal of senators to honor their oath and hold them accountable, you can draw a straight line between that verdict and even worse cheating to come in the 2020 election and, and a bloody insurrection. And my concern, uh, frankly, is if the country were to go down that road further and re-elect him, uh, give him another term in office, um, you will see another straight line leading God knows where. I have time for one more question, uh, and that is about uh, your boss, uh, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, what, two questions. What is, how is, and I ask this to everyone who's close in her, in her inner circle, which I believe you are a part of, and what is the her secret to keeping the caucus together? And do you think this is her last year? Uh, in terms of her secret, um, and you know, and here I'm going to delve deeper than uh, Ghirardelli chocolate. Um, I, I think her secret, uh, and it won't surprise you because you know her, is she is super smart. Um, she is so hardworking. She has an encyclopedic knowledge of her members. 
um, what they want, what they need, what their future hopes and plans and dreams are. Um, she knows the caucus supremely well. Um, and, and she's got the talent to keep the most diverse caucus ever uh, working together. Um, and, and at the same time, often make it look easy. Uh, whoever has that job next, whenever that time comes, and, and I don't know when that time will come, but whoever has that job next is going to find out just how damned impossible it is. Um, I, uh, I, you know, whenever I'm, I'm asked to introduce her, I, uh, I point out that uh, when I got to Congress, I used to say that I regretted I didn't get to Congress earlier because I would have loved to have served with the great Tip O'Neill. Um, but once I got to see Nancy Pelosi as speaker, um, I realized that in the future people were going to regret that they didn't get the chance to serve in Congress with Nancy Pelosi because I, I really think that she is uh, probably the greatest speaker we've ever had. Uh, it's one thing to keep a caucus together uh, when it's a uh, huge majority like Tip O'Neill had. It's another when you lose four votes and you lose everything. So she's quite the miracle worker. And one last uh, California tidbit in the book that you, uh, <laughs> you quote, uh, uh, you, you, you take a lot, you've taken a lot of grief from Trump, as we, we've talked about in previous podcasts, it calls you pencil necks, sleazy shift. And, and you got some advice from uh, Congressman Mike Thompson of Napa, who, uh, on how to respond to, to Trump. And as you write in the book, this is a quote, Thompson suggested you should say to him, quote, Mr. President, when they go low, we go high. Go fuck yourself. Uh, you just... I, I wasn't sure that I could say that uh, uh, on your podcast, so I'm glad that you could. Yes, I was. I was going to try and lure you into an f bomb, but I figured you'd be you're 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 too you're too judicious, and uh, so I, I said it for you. But you wrote it. You wrote it in the book. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> the book is called Midnight in Washington, Congressman Schiff. Thank you for being on It's All Political again. We will see you uh, down the road, hopefully next time in person. Uh, and uh, good luck with uh, all the many things on your plate. Thank you so much. Great to be with you. That's Joe Garofoli's interview with Congressman Adam Schiff. There's more to that interview. And if you want to hear the whole thing, head over to Joe's podcast, It's All Political. Also, don't forget about our Fifth and Mission listener survey. We'd love to hear what you think, and you'll be entered to win one of $300 gift cards. Go to sfchronicle.com slash survey. Thanks for listening.